my god, Becky, look at her butt. Hi, and welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. Tonight, I wanted to cover a little bit more about my competitive fitness background. Uh, you may have read a little bit about my competition history. Um, I've I've really kind of gone through all of the different phases of fitness, from a cardio queen to just lifting weights and, and nutrition for the fitness competitions. And now I've kind of gotten on the other side of the fitness competitions. So I wanted to just share a little bit more about my journey and something else that's been happening lately is a lot of people have been reaching out to me to coach them competitively, but I don't do that anymore. So let me take a little step back and I'll tell you a little bit more about my competitive history. So my competition history started back in 2007 when I first started training for fitness competitions. Now, you may have seen some of the fitness competitions on television. That's where I was first introduced to it through the Fitness America pageant shows that they had on ESPN. Um, I think that was really maybe late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. Um, then I started reading Oxygen Magazine when I first moved to Seattle back in 2003 because it was super rainy and I couldn't just go out and run all the time like I had been doing. So I needed to learn how to lift some weights. So I started reading Oxygen Magazine and they really, they they showcase a lot of fitness competitors. So that's really where, between those two things, that's where the fitness competition idea came Came into my head. So I started training in 2007 for my first fitness competition and I competed in a couple different categories. I competed in bikini and I competed in figure. So in 2008 um, I competed in the Fitness America pageant and my first competition went great and I placed um, third which placings it's so subjective but you try really hard to do your best. Um, so I placed well and, and that made me even more excited. Um, a couple months later, I continued to compete, and I competed in Miami. And at that point, and you can see from my gallery that um, my nutrition, I, I needed to eat more. So I was super, super, super lean. Um, at the end of that, I actually ended up having some pretty bad metabolic damage happening, and I proceeded to gain 50 pounds after my first competition. So, um, But I was way, way, way too skinny. So we're going to get a little bit more into that. Um, 2009, I took the year to just really recover from everything, get my feet back under me. 2010, I came back because I really hate leaving anything with a bad taste in my mouth. So my whole goal was to come in the right way and go out the right way. And that just meant nothing extreme, something that was more lifestyle-based. Um, but these competitions are are pretty tough. So I did that in 2010. Um, then I moved from the Fitness America pageants onto the WBFF. So it's a different federation. And that was in 2010. Um, I competed, uh, I got third in figure at the 2010 WBFF World Championships, which that was really, really hard. I was I was really hungry for that one. Um, then I competed again in 2011 a couple times. And my last show was 2011, the WBFF World Championships. Um, I got top five in fitness model and top 10 in bikini model. And that was that was such a great way to go out. I, I kind of had an idea that that would be my last show.
show. Um, you know, never say never, but that has been my last show so far. So I wanted to invite Janelle Nicolo onto the show tonight. Janelle and I used to compete on the same fitness team, and then we both coached for the same fitness team. And then we both went our separate ways. So I went more lifestyle-based, and Janelle went more towards the competitive uh, training. So I visited Janelle last summer on my little road trip up to the Northeast. She's just outside of Boston. So I wanted to introduce you all to Janelle and refer anybody that is thinking about competing um, to her for her coaching services because I really, really love her philosophy. So welcome, Janelle. Hello. Thanks for having me, Steph. Thanks so much for being on. I'm really excited to talk to everyone today, and hopefully all of you that are listening get a lot of information that's very valuable to you if you're thinking about competing. Um, I often get questions asked to me, um, you know, should I compete because I, you know, want to lose weight? And and that's not what it's all about. So today I'm kind of here to talk to you all about my philosophy and how to go about it the right way and really make it a lifestyle change, which is what Stephanie strives for with all of her clients as well. Um, so just to give you a little background on me, um, I am owner of Body Ambition Fitness. Um, it was created in 2011 after, um, like Steph said, we were coaching um, for a different competitive team. I had been coaching for five years under that, um, but then, you know, split off. I am a personal trainer and had a lot of clients that started to be really interested in my services and um, then realizing that how I prefer to coach is different than what I was actually doing um, was really important to me to break off onto my own and really bring to the table something that is not out there in competitive fitness right now that I've seen. Um, I'm sure there may be something very similar to the way that I coach, but uh, my holistic approach is very different from a lot of um, other coaching aspects out there. So I really kind of wanted to to uh, make sure that my philosophy was known. Um, so that's kind of uh, a little bit about me. Um, and where I, I stand. I started competing in 2005 and have done everything from fitness competitions, which include the gymnastics and the strength aspects, um, all the way to, uh, you know, fit model and bikini. I have not yet done figure though stuff. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so, right. You know what, though? You yeah. carry so much gorgeous muscle that I have no Thank doubt you. you could really do it as soon as you just decided to. <laughs> you have thank you, thank really you. changed your physique. It's super impressive. Thank you. And it's even more impressive but, that you've done it, quote unquote, the right way, the healthy way, the right, holistic right, exactly. approach. I love that. And I think, you know, that's that's basically my goals for what I what my needs were when I did fitness before were different than they were when I competed in bikini. And my needs for uh, the right type of nutrition and training is different um, now that I'm in fit model, which is a, a, a stronger look than bikini. So uh, that's part of the, the philosophy that I have with my clients as well. It's not cookie cutter. Um, I'm not into cookie cutter diets um, or really training. The training is very specific to what what your track is. So if you're looking to compete in fitness, your training is different than if you were just competing in figure, for example. Um, So, and their nutrition goes hand in hand with that. So although it is a lifestyle holistic approach to your food um, and your, your, I don't like to say diet, but it is your diet in a sense, um, you know, you really are learning what your food intake should be to fuel you for your proper lifts and your proper workouts. Um, so that's a big philosophy of mine. 
That's huge. That's really huge. Now, with your with your programs, then, um, if somebody were to contact you, how do you how do you track and monitor this? I know you have a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give somebody an idea, so if they're in the middle of the country listening to this, how can you know how can they work with you? Because I get a lot of people that don't understand. They're like online training. I don't get that. So yeah. how do you do? This? Yeah, sure. So I do have an online um, coaching program. So I do have a fitness facility just north of Boston, but, you know, a lot of my clients are nationwide. So what I do is I do have check-ins with them weekly, but, of course, my email and phone here is always available to them should they need a quick question. Um, But for the most part, they check in every week with me. But when someone comes into the program and starts, I do go through a thorough, um, basically, questionnaire with them, learning about their eating patterns. I watch their food log for a good week um, before I actually put together their program. I ask them what they do for their training, um, how much cardio they're doing. So I take all of that into account when I build the person's initial program. And then from there, they check in with me weekly, and I tweak things based on their needs. So, you know, if someone is, you know, working overnight shifts, their nutrition is going to have to be completely different, even though, um, you know, they're still aiming for the same goal as someone else that might be a stay-at-home mom, for example. Um, So, you know, that just all comes into play by me watching their food logs weekly. Um, Most of them use MyFitnessPal, which is a great app. It's very basic to use. Um, And if I'm your your friend on MyFitnessPal, I can see your whole food log so I can see the time timing of it if I have I do have them put in their time that they eat at each meal um, and I can see how they're pairing their food because that's the big big piece that is not often talked about if you give someone a diet and you say okay go and have this this many carbs a day go and have this much protein go and have this much fat how are they splitting it up when are they utilizing their carbs when are they having their fat Are they a person that needs to utilize their fats in the morning? Are they a person that um, doesn't do well with carbs in the morning? Um, So it's really just kind of fine-tuning that based on you seeing your changes week to week in your check-ins and your pictures, and then also correlating that with your your, um, food log that I look at weekly along with your check-in, which has some basic questions like, you know, on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you think you did? How were your sleeping patterns this week? Um, did you get in all of your lifts? And then they list out, you know, some of them I actually have goals set with them to write in what they've done for their reps and sets depending on what their lifts are. So if it's someone that I'm really trying to see strength gains in, then I'm going to have them write that down in their check-in. So it is a detailed process. Does it take a lot of work? Yes, it can. Um but you're also going to get the ultimate out of it. So you're going to learn so much about your body, and that's really what I strive for with my competitors. I don't want to just have someone here. Here's your four-week diet. You're going to go and do it, and then I'm going to give you a new one in four weeks. Like, that's not how it should be. You should really learn how to eat for your body. Um, you know, do you not do what with beans, but you do fine with uh, jasmine rice? Do you, you know, prefer to have, is your body better with oils for good fats instead of nuts? Things like that that really will help you learn what's good overall. So then when you're not competing, you can learn what's good for your body and and stay in a healthy state um, instead of just cutting things out, you know. Uh, For me, I mean, it took me years to realize that dairy did not agree with me in any shape or form, Um, and that means whey protein. So for me, I don't even do whey protein. Uh, Do I use a, a vegan protein sometimes? Sure, I do. 
but that's just me personally. Um, you know, like I said, you, you just kind of have to play things around. But um, where I have coached over 500 people over the years, I, I, different body types, ages, needs, um, it's pretty easy for me to hone in on these things when I'm, I'm seeing certain patterns, when I'm looking at their food logs and, and their weekly check-ins, um, in order for me to tweak them and, and see the change that's needed in order to compete. So that, that's kind of a little bit about that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is so, it's so refreshing to hear this because I think, you know, and, and it took me years to really realize this too. And, you know, I, I, I do dig deeper. So when I'm involved in something, I like to know as much about it as possible. Um, right. So, you know, and you're the same way. So during, during all those years when I was learning, I was digging really deep, but a new competitor coming into the industry, I mean, this is why I, I had such bad metabolic damage. I mean, I'm five foot nine right now. Like any of these pictures you see, I don't know. I don't really get on the scale much, but occasionally I'll jump on it, usually to weigh my bags before I go on an airplane. Um, you know, like I weigh about like, I don't know, 155. Sometimes that doctor tells me 164. So it's like, it's right around there, right? So these random pictures that you see me on social media, that's where I am now. Um, my first year of competing, I remember, and granted, my water was cut, so I had depleted some water too. But I remember getting on that scale and it would be in like 118 or 119. That's ridiculous. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I, you know, and I wasn't doing, I mean, I was following what, um, you know, the guidelines that were given to me by this coach and I was checking in every week and, um, you know, that's where it's really important. You can do a lot of really, really bad damage um, if you aren't being coached properly. And, you know, the guys that I worked with, they were really concerned about me and they were, they were really worried. They sent me home from work one day and said, you might want to go get your, because I said I had back, I, I think I'm going to go to the chiropractor. My back hurts. And they were like, make sure your kidneys aren't shutting down down because you are ridiculously lean. And I thought, oh no, you know what? I'm following exactly what this nutritionist is saying. I'm good. I'm good. I check in every week. I'm not doing anything extra or, you know, I'm not taking out any more food than they tell. I was doing every single thing, but, um, but that's where it, you can get into really, really big trouble. So it, you know, I gained 50 pounds, which what put me up to like 170 or something. So, I mean, it wasn't like, but 50 pounds in four months is a lot. I was depressed. I mean, it was really, really bad. So for you to take such a holistic approach to it, I think is amazing. And something else, when I stopped by your studio last summer, we were talking and I loved, I absolutely, and this totally stuck out in my head. I loved your philosophy on who should compete and are you mentally ready? So when somebody comes mm -hmm. to you and says, Janelle, I want to compete. When do you think I can compete? What is your answer? Like, what are the things that you take into consideration? So the biggest thing for me is, again, seeing that, that questionnaire that I have them fill out and, and also their food log. And if I'm seeing that someone is only taking in 1,200 calories right now, it really it upsets me because um, I, I don't, or a minimum, <laughs> minimum of that. Yeah. Sometimes they're even less. It's crazy what I see. And, you know, people are like, I think I'm eating right. And they come to me and they're eating three times a day or they might be eating five times a day, but it's so unbalanced. And... So that's my biggest thing is that I look at that and I look to what they're doing now. Are they overtraining right now? Are they not training enough? Are they under eating? And then I kind of assess the situation from there because I don't ever want, and it might be someone that is, is already pretty tiny and she doesn't have really a lot of weight to lose. 
so, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, I feed them more and oftentimes they end up tightening right up and gaining muscle and, and they're fine for stage. But if it's someone that needs to lose some weight and, and gain some muscle, I, I can't possibly do anything with them when they are eating so little. So I generally say to them, well, let's, let's start the process, see how you're doing with it once I start feeding you more and in more balanced. Um, and see how your body responds. And most of the time, they lose weight anyway, right when I start to feed them more. It usually takes a couple weeks, but they instantly see change. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm eating more calories. I'm eating more food throughout the day. I'm eating more carbs because most of them come into me, you know, having carbs depleted or tried to put themselves into, you know, horrible ketosis or some some Ugh. type of crazy diet um, already. So they're already, you know, damaging themselves a little bit before, you know, anything starts. So, you know, I look at that and I say, okay, well, what do we realistically need to do to get you to the stage? What's your goal? Is your goal bikini? Is your goal to build some more muscle? And then I back out the timeline from there. We kind of look at shows. But most of the time, I, I want a client to be with me at least a few phases. I have these build phases. Um, where it's just kind of not necessarily building to bulk up like the average person might think as a build phase, but it's to build your system up from the inside out. So you're, you're building your confidence, you're building your nutrition up um, to utilize the weights that I'm giving you, your training, and then build muscle. So it's kind of that whole build aspect that I really like to have my clients under my wing for at least two to three months before I even go into like a cutting phase and, and all of that for a uh, competition. And the cutting phase is generally like 12, 12 weeks out from a show is generally the time frame. And that doesn't mean that you have to like cut a ton of weight. That just basically is, is a different phase of the prep. Um, you know, it's a little more restricted as far as like, you know, you can't go out really and have your, your glass of wine. Although I do have clients that are, are totally fine with having that up until the week of show. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it all depends on the person. You know, this is their lifestyle. So if it works for someone, it, it, it might not work for another, but it's all dependent upon each client that I have. Um, so, yeah, so I do like to keep them in, like, that build phase for a little bit of time so then they can, you know, not only just build up their system to be able to, to take on more calories, to take on more, more training, to see the muscle that they need for stage, but also, you know, to get used to this process and build some confidence in the meantime. Um, and, you know, that's something I really try to work hard with my clients on as well, that whole support system aspect of it. Um, and we have a great team um, to support the client, but also uh, myself, you know, so... I set little mini goals with them. A lot of the time it's just little positive affirmations that they're saying to themselves daily because a lot of the time when people want to compete, they come in and it's, and it's funny because it looks like such a, a glamorous sport and like everyone would be so confident. But in actuality, you know, people usually do this sport because they want to build some confidence in themselves. So, you know, that's a big aspect of the whole coaching philosophy that I have is that you have that not just your diet and your, your training, but you have to have that, um, you know, trust in me and, uh, you know, be open-minded to whatever I have to help you with. And that, that part of it is uh, a big piece that I like to bring into play. Um, because then that's going to help you when, you know, when the show is over and you're trying to get back to a normal life. And, um, you know, because, you know, depression can set in once you have a goal and then you, you don't have it anymore. So you kind of need to keep setting many goals for yourself 
whether personally or physically or, you know, professionally, whatever it is. Oh, that is so, gosh, what a, what a great explanation of what really ends up happening in these competitions. Well, I want to take a mm-hmm. really quick break and then we're going to come back and continue on this because this is, I, I don't know about the listeners. Um, it's, very interesting because we see all of this stuff from the outside until you've been in it you don't really quite understand it so we're going to take a quick break Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. Tonight we have Janelle Nicolo. She is a fitness competitor and a fitness coach um, for competitive fitness. And she teaches or she coaches for bikini, fitness model, fitness, figure, all of those categories. And I have a, that's part of my story is I have a background in competitive fitness. And Janelle and I coached together for a few years. And, um, Actually, I think I only did it for one year. That was that was plenty for me. Good, good for you for continuing. <laughs> I I I, uh, I went to lifestyle and I'm doing some more performance based coaching. Um, but yeah, that stage it's it's an interesting interesting world. So I'm really enjoying our interview with you because you're really shedding some light on the the backside of of the whole industry. What it takes. Um, what I've found personally is that. A lot of women, men too, but a lot of women, um, they'll look at the fitness models on the cover of fitness magazines, and then they gauge themselves and they compare themselves to that. And one of my clients had a really great analogy that one of her basketball coaches had said to her one time. And what he said was, okay, so you play Division One college basketball, and you're good, right? She was like, yeah. And she, he goes, so, you know, how would you compare yourself to like Michael Jordan? She goes, well, I wouldn't. There's no comparison. We have different genetics. He does it for a living. Um, You know, I just, I mean, I'm inspired by him, but I don't compare myself to him. And so he said, so why do women do it to fitness models on the cover of magazines? And that's really powerful because I don't think like, you know, it's because we we see these images all the time. But until you've been through it, it's really hard to imagine what it takes to get there and to do that. And then once you've been through it, then you can really make a decision of is it worth it? So that's kind of what I want to shift this um, this talk to or even I mean, we've already kind of talked about it a little bit. You already talked about how you really have to log your food. So if you're listening to this and you're like, ugh, log everything. Yeah. I mean, take that <laughs> into consideration before you're like, oh, it must be nice to be on the cover um, training, you know, like that, that kind of thing. So, Janelle, if you could share a little bit more um because I do general fitness. So share a little bit more of the bigger differences that you see between um, general fitness and training for a competition. Sure. So just to touch real quick on what you had just mentioned about the whole cover model thing, um, you know, and comparing yourselves to them on the cover, you really can't, even when you do compete, let that get to you. Um, you know, don't go stalking people on Instagram and Facebook and being like, I want to be like her. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gotten emails and, you know, um, just asking about competing and then wanting me to coach them. And then them saying, well, I want to look like this and giving me someone's picture. Um, you know, 
I always strive for, you know, pushing your genetic makeup to the ultimate. So basically, you know, it's really hard for me to lean out my legs into a nice round quad shape with a, you know, nice high rear. That's always been my goal. So that's what I've worked my hardest on. Yeah. <laughs> but have I compared myself to other athletes' legs or other athletes' abs or whatever? No, because I'm working, I'm trying to better myself to my best ability, what my body can do. And that's why I've done this for nine years, quite honestly. Um, you know, I might have taken a year off or whatever, but that's why I continue to do this is to just continue to push myself to see what I can do. It's not to be the best person. It's to be the best me. And I think that that's what people uh, have a little bit of a misconception when they come into this sport. They want to win, win, win. And, you know, they lose the whole reason for wanting to transform from, from the physique. Yes, but really learning why you want to transform, not just to lose weight. Because if you just want to lose weight, you're going to end up gaining it back if that's your mentality. Um, it's a nice icing on the cake, or I should probably say strawberries on the oatmeal at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But, um, you know, I mean, it's just you have to know what your body is capable of and then just keep pushing it and seeing how much more it's capable of. And and that will make you have oh, the ultimate you know, that will make you happy um, rather than comparing yourself to everybody else because you'll never, ever be happy with yourself. Um, you just want to be positive with what you have and then just keep bettering that. Um, and, and if you're looking to do a competition or um, whether it's in-season or off-season, you'll be able to push yourself to the ultimate to get there if you have that mentality. So I think that's very important. Oh, that's huge. Uh, Let's talk just for a second because um, I do use my competitive coaching background in the way that I design my programs for my lifestyle yeah. clients. So can we talk a little bit about how how like how I do that? What what does that even mean? Like I it is totally possible because I see it all the time where you are in shape. So you're healthy and you're in shape, but maybe you don't look the way you want to look. And and some people cannot necessarily um, articulate what they want to look like, but as a fitness coach, fitness competitor, I can articulate that and that's that's what I work on building for my program but again it's lifestyle so as a competitive coach what is this what is this what's the stage looking for so the stage is pretty much looking for um you know a symmetrical athlete so someone that has some nice definition rounded shoulders a smaller waistline that has you know some ab definition and then you know that nice rounded quad and in high perky glutes right which we all love um but, you know, then there's the different divisions within a show. So you might have bikini, which tends to be more of like a, not a soft look, but, uh, you know, not as hard and defined. So you still have a nice arm shape. You still have, you know, maybe some abs coming through, but it's not a six-pack. Um, you know, you have a smooth line to your leg, but it's not a defined line between your quad and your hamstring. Um, and then you go up the up the way into fit model and then into figure where you're really, really defined and lean, um, and they're absolutely looking for, you know, you have to be so lean in order for them to see uh, every ounce of definition within your muscle. So they really do look for um, a symmetrical physique, but also the leanness, um, 
you know, the, the roundness to the muscle, the fullness to the muscle. And that's often hard for people to get um, without having a, a really long period of time where they've built some solid muscle. Some people are, hard, you know, faster gainers than others. But, um, you know, figure is basically what they consider in the fitness industry like the ultimate, like, strong physique. But they still want you looking feminine. Um, there are other shows, so it's very important to know what shows you're looking to do because, you know, some are drunk tested, some are not. So you have to kind of be realistic. And when you're looking at, at um, physiques and, and whatnot in different divisions, um, you know, in different federations and kind of look at that and say, okay, is that a look that's attainable or is that a look that might be, you know, using something on <laughs> some help. So, um, you know, I'll fill in the blank there. Though. You're a competitive coach, so maybe you can't say it, yeah. but I will. Um, so being tested means being tested for drugs. And these drugs can be anything from making you put on muscle to making you hold on to your muscle and shred off fat. Either way, they're illegal. Um, some federations test for them and some federations don't. And the ones that don't, whenever you look at their pictures, um, yeah, they might be be bigger and and I, I was always a natural athlete and it's hard to compete against the federations or the athletes that are not tested so it and you don't have to even expand on that I know you're a natural yeah. athlete but <laughs> um, you right, know it right. can get kind of controversial yes exactly so it doesn't really matter what um, division you're in whether you're bikini or, or up to figure um, but the training um, will be very specific to to that, to trying to build those muscle groups up so they are symmetrical, I think would be the biggest thing. So you're not just, you know, trying to burn calories and, you know, build endurance and, and use some weights to tone. Um, you're really focused more on, uh, you know, building muscle, but also, you know, focusing on splitting up muscle groups when you're lifting. So you might not do like full body lifts or, I mean, there are more CrossFit people coming into the sport. However, I, I think that in order to attain the, the look that, um, fitness and figure look for, you really do need to focus on specific body parts. So, you know, your traditional back and buys or, even even buys and shoulder combo or, or chest and tries and, and legs and glutes, training them separately so you're really getting the maximum, um, you know, training out of them. So things like that, um, it really does take a lot of more time to train this way um, for competition because you might put in 45, to mi 45 minutes to an hour of lifting. Um, for myself, I, I honestly put in 90 minutes on my legs because I, you know, take proper rests and all of that in between because I'm trying to build them. Um, but, you know, so it does take a significant amount of time, and then that's not even considering any cardio. So, I mean, it, again, some people don't need cardio. I personally only do a couple sessions a week, and it's usually something that I enjoy, um, you know, like a spin class or I'll take um, my Tabata hit class that I teach or uh, you know, I might just have some, quite honestly, I might have some emails to do and I'll pop on the, the step mill or the elliptical for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't really overload my cardio. And even when I'm in my prep, that's just me personally. Um, but some other people that, you know, might need to shred a little bit more, um, like for figure or something, might need a little bit more cardio on top of their weight. So it can, when you come into those cutting and shredding phases of the programming, you can, you know, ha you might have to do both. So it can be time restrictive. Does that mean you have to be in the gym? No, because I, I do have clients that, you know, have to work out at home or, um, you know, have uh, 
have to do some training outside just in order to get in their cardio or whatever when they have their children. But so it is possible. It's just, you know, it's a little bit harder to finagle it all, but it's totally doable. Um, so rather than think of your lifts or your workouts as being, you know, just for general fitness, you do kind of have to focus it a little bit more. Um, and again, like I said, with my programming, my build phases, my cutting phases and all of that, um, they're constantly changing. So it's not, you won't train the same every month for sure. Um, and, and that will keep your body guessing as well. Um, so that's very important in, in seeing the change in your physique as you uh, progress in the sport. Oh, that's great. And I love like what you were saying. And I, I kind of I don't remember where I heard this, but um, is an analogy is talking about building up the muscle. Like I like I said, in the beginning, when I started working out, I just was a cardio queen. I would just work out all the time. Mm-hmm. And I see this sometimes when I get new clients um, that just they'll, they'll stick with their cardio. And I think it's great that they start where they're comfortable and then they can build on that. But I say if you're going to miss a day, miss the cardio and build the muscle because I, I, the analogy is that the muscle is like a mountain range, right? And the body fat is like snow over it. Um, so you have to build up enough mountains underneath, melt off that snow above so that you can see those peaks and valleys. So right. if you don't have any mountains slash muscles underneath, you're not going to get those rounded curves so it's not just about stripping body fat away you have to have that muscle underneath there and in order to build that muscle you have to be fueling it enough so you can't I mean it's it's really hard too you can't just walk around super lean all year um, because you have to have a surplus of calories in order to build those muscles so actually we're going to take a really quick break and then I want to talk about recovery since we're talking about building every Tuesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. on kinetichifi.com. And tonight we have Janelle Nicolo. She is a competitive fitness coach. And we're talking about fitness competitions and that fitness model look and covers of magazines. So uh, she's sharing all of her tips with us as a coach. She currently coaches. Um, She is who I recommend um, people go to if they want to compete. You need a coach. You can't do it alone. You'll, uh, (laughs) I mean, no, you just can't. Um, so it's one of those things. That's that's what I loved about getting into fitness too. Was that um, you know I did all those triathlons and duathlons and running and all that stuff when I was younger, and then I started doing the fitness competition stuff, and that was where it was. It was no joke. I needed a coach. I needed somebody to tell me what to do, and it was. For me, it was really it was kind of twenty four seven. Everything I did really mattered um, versus these other races where I could just kind of go out and really. I mean, I would make it through as long as I didn't drown on the swim. I wasn't going to die, you know. But a fitness competition, I mean, you're really you're putting yourself out there. Everything you do leading up to it really does matter, and the person that is coaching you really matters. I mean, I had some really bad um, metabolic damage my after my first season. Um, that's because I got too lean, and it, it's just a whole 
host of problems whenever you do damage like that. So we are talking with Janelle and I want her to start talking about some recovery. Recovery is huge and I don't think people really understand the importance of it. Yes, definitely. Um, I can't tell you how much I see over cardioing, over training um, when people first come to me and, and limited uh, fuel. So, uh, you know, people think that you the less is more um, as far as food goes and then the more you train is better and it's so reversed. So, uh, you know, not lowering your fat too low, especially as women. I mean, that's huge. We, we need that. Um, and, and I think a lot of coaches out there don't, if, I mean, I do know some good male coaches, but, you know, there's a lot out there that don't necessarily understand the women's, a woman's need um, for the proper nutrition and fuel as well. So, Can you um, just... but then getting back into, uh, you know, the recovery, I always like to have my clients do refeeds. Now, these aren't cheats, um, so it's not like you're going out and eating a pizza, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, refeeds are very valuable, especially when you're in any type of um, not a diet per se, but when you are wanting to compete and you're getting into those weeks where you do have to really watch what your intake is as far as your macronutrients go. So you're tracking your proteins, your fats, and your carbs, and, uh, you know, you're really staying um, on point with those. You know, you're having those refeeds where it just triggers your body into another state and and actually makes it work for you is a great recovery, but it also really uh, does help with your fuel uh, for your muscle. So, you know, my girls might go out and and do, um, you know, a a lean burger and not have cheese on it, um, you know, if they're in prep, but then might have sweet potato fries on the side and they have it on a bun. And so it's more carb and, you know, cooked to to full flavor at a restaurant. Something like that would be ideal. Um, They might, I do have girls that actually need to gain, you know, good muscle and I'll go have them have some pancakes with some bacon. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's totally fine. Like things like that should be worked in. It's not just about like not having enough of everything and then overtraining and doing too much cardio. So um, recovery is so important as far as fuel goes, but also making sure that you are having those rest days. Um, You know, if you're in a real build phase, you should be taking uh, two rest days. uh, So you're really recovering those muscles. And not just recovery as in not going to the gym and not training, but taking the time to just unwind um, and really just mentally prepare yourself for the next phase. So going back into the next week of goals. Um, I like to personally do acupuncture. It's huge for me, and it's been such a success over the last year and a half as far as my recovery goes. Have I had some injuries? Yes, and I've used it for that, but I like to go on a maintenance basis as well. Just mentally, for me, that really keeps my body in check. I like to personally lay there and you know, feel what's working in my body when when I'm having acupuncture. And, uh, you know, she does some other techniques on me, like cupping and, and um, gua sha, some other ancient Chinese techniques that um, really have been beneficial to me personally. Um, you might be more spiritual and, like, you need the recovery time, um, you know, and go to the church, go to church every week, and that's your, like, mental time. So you do need to be taking this these times to really recover your body, your mind, um, and unwind in order for your body to work for you to its full potential. Um, so that's important. I also feel that, um, you know, stretching, yoga, and, uh, you know, rolling out on the foam roller is very important. And that's something you can do at home if you have kids and you're, you know, 
just hanging out with your kids or, um, you know, you're in your living room, roll out a little bit. Like, that's recovery there for you. So you need to, as much as you're working your body, you need to equally take care of it in all the other ways as well. So to help you um, reach your goals. Oh, that's that's awesome. I want to kind of go back just a little bit um, and talk about the fats because, I mean, mm. I, I don't know about you, but if you if you if I know the why behind something, you can guarantee that I'll follow through on it. Um, so, with women specifically and fats, like how do fats help us? Why are they good? And what happens if you take too many out? Okay, so. Fat, um, good fats, so we're not talking, you know, trans fat and whatnot. We are talking good fats. So these are your healthy oils, your coconut oils. Um, I personally love full MCT oil, which is what is in um, coconut oil. Uh, that's been helping me a ton um, this past year. Uh, then there's your regular oils, avocado oil, macadamia nut oil, olive oil. So there's all these different types of oils, and then there's nuts and seeds and avocado and salmon, so your omega-3 good fats. So um, all of the real whole sources of, of fats are really important to you as well as if you wanted to take like an um, omega-3 supplement when, wouldn't hurt you to take that. Um, but, you know, getting in the actual food sources and in a variety is key. Um, it's going to help your metabolism. It's going to help with muscle repair um, in in most of the time when you're in a competition, um, you know, people think that you have to lower the fat. And, and I often find that, especially, honestly, with, with my older clientele, um, they need the fat. It actually helps keep your skin and your muscle fuller um, rather than looking depleted and sunken in. I'm sure if you're interested in competing, you've looked online a bit, and you might see people that kind of, kind of look like that. This is supposed to be a healthy sport. Um, and, you know, when you look so depleted like that, it's not a good look. <laughs> and that's what so I love about your philosophy yeah. because you do focus on the health of it, not just how much can I take away. So, right, yeah. Right. And then brain function too, right, with good fats? Oh, totally, yes. Total brain function. Um, you know, there's just – try – upping your fat just a little bit with the good fats and seeing how much better you focus, it's insane. Um, you know, and that's why a lot of the time you hear people say, you know, competitors complain about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling so drained and whatnot when they're, you know, in the, any type of phase of um, their competition prep. And most likely it, it might be because of a carb rotation and some people respond different to that. But a lot of the time, too, it's because their fat has been lowered and they're, you know, really draining all their resources. So, you know, you're, and then again, you're not probably getting in enough minerals and, and vitamins that your body needs. And even if you are taking a multivitamin, if your body isn't working properly, you're not taking in those nutrients like you should be. So, um, you know, even though you're actually ingesting them, that doesn't mean your body is absorbing them. So you have to have your nutrition on point before you can then supplement with all that other stuff. Um, because then your body isn't absorbing it. Yeah, and then even satiation, like just to be satisfied because you're taking mm -hmm. fats in, um, that's that's really important too. And I see that a lot of times where um, somebody will say that they have really bad cravings and, you know, they go for the carbs when, you know, if I just ask them, well, how, what is your, you know, what are your good fats look like? I mean, because in my program, yeah. I don't, 
if somebody wants to post their food log in the group, I'll do an analysis because I feel like it helps everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, my regular program, I don't do food logs um, as on a regular basis. But if somebody does say something like that, I ask them, you know, what is your what is your good fat intake look like? And some right. people don't know what good fats are, which I'm so glad you just mm-hmm. mentioned all of the different sources of the good fats. Um, and then, you know, some people – so. And some people aren't having any because we've been taught this whole low fat thing for so long. Um, right. Yeah. So just I know that each individual person um, gets their own macro breakdowns based on their goals, their personal body, that kind of thing. But do you have a range? Like I personally, if I were to do a food log for a day, I probably have about 50-ish grams of fat, something like that. Yeah, that's is yeah. that is that I kind of a ballpark-ish? My, yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I would say <laughs> on any given day, it's like 32 to 65 grams of fat is what I probably consume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the general rule that I like to say to my clients is, you know, get in two sources at least because then you're going to get residual fat from from other things. Uh, like your meats and stuff will have residual fat. Chicken is a, is a lean meat, yes, but it does have a little residual fat. So if you're eating that three times a day or, you know, you're having that a couple eggs in the morning and then you're having chicken a couple times or whatever, uh, you know, you're getting some residual fat there. But you want to have your good fat sources as well. Um, so, you know, making sure that you maybe have a tablespoon in the morning and a tablespoon at lunch. Or I personally like to have one of them at night because it helps me uh, stay, you know, satiated through the night and, and puts me to sleep really well. If you're some, someone that has trouble sleeping, try having a fat at night. Um, you know, so kind of having two sources a day is a good rule to kind of make sure that your numbers are there without tracking it. Um, two to three two to three tablespoons or two tablespoons and like a half an avocado or a handful of nuts or something like that. Um, you know, and make sure you're varying your sources. Like I said, that I I hate hearing, you know, oh, I just had peanut butter. Well, you know, <sighs> peanut, peanuts and peanut butter aren't your best sources. They're okay to have, but you don't want to just have that, you know. So um, making sure you're you're introducing other foods like that and you'll start to realize which ones you prefer um, you're, and which ones you feel the best with. Um, yeah. And, you know, you might feel better with a little bit higher fat than lower fat, and that's that's totally fine if it's these good fat sources that we're, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a really, really great point. Um, yeah, because I've noticed that that's huge for me is just varying the, the – sources of fat and, and making sure you are having oh by the way if anybody didn't hear that um grass-fed organic butter is now a superfood oh, yeah. <laughs> because of the high levels of cla in it so you still treat it like any other fat you can't just go crazy with it but um <laughs> but it is good and and having enough saturated fat in your diet um is not necessarily the saturated fat that causes the problems it's the inflammation so um right. And I can put a link to that in the show notes at the bottom too. So we're going to take a really quick break and then we will be back. I want to talk a little bit more um, about Janelle's services, how you can find her, um, even just to to stop in and um, take one of her classes. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny 
radio program. Tonight we have Janelle Nicolo, and she's talking to us about fitness competitions, something that's been a part of my whole fitness journey. Um, I really want Janelle now to share what her ideal client looks like. Uh, not physically necessarily. Um, sure, physically too, but really because this is all a mindset. So, Janelle, what would you be looking for in your ideal clients? So my ideal client, um, I've worked with clients of all ages from college age to in their 50s, uh, late 50s, uh, men and women. I have coached some guys for bodybuilding and model competitions. Um, So my ideal client, though, is not, it it doesn't matter on your age, doesn't matter where you've come from, whether you've been an athlete all your life or not been an athlete, whether you've had children or no children, doesn't matter. All I I ask of my clients is that you're open-minded and trusting in me. Um, So, you know, you really have to trust me that I'm willing to help you and then I'm going to uh, get you to your goals uh, and, and believe that what I am giving you um, and what I'm telling you to try to do um, in order to figure out what your needs are, uh, are going to work. And, and then the most important, I think, is being dedicated. So you have to want it for the right reasons, um, not just to lose weight, like I said earlier, but you, you just to be dedicated to seeing change within yourself from the inside out and no matter how long that takes you are still going to be dedicated because I I guarantee that once you're done with the process well you'll never really be done because you'll always want to learn something new about yourself but um, you know once you're you're done with your first show if you've done it the right way you're going to want to do it again you're going to want to keep striving for something better And, and it might not be to do a show but you're going to want to set new goals for yourself and and ultimately, if you have that confidence in, in yourself that this sport can actually do for you, um, if, if done the right way, then it's going to help you in all areas of your life. Uh, you know, careers, I've seen careers excel after having the confidence that was never had before a competition. I've seen, you know, families come together um, more by doing something like this and setting goals and then the husband ends up wanting to get involved and then you know the kids are interested in health and fitness again and you know so it really can um, bring a lot of good things to your life so I just ask that my clients are you know trusting and dedicated I'd have to say those are the two biggest things. Yeah, I love working with clients that ask questions, right? Because you you do want to learn more, but they don't they don't try to negotiate with me because I don't make the food rules. So, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. I'm always open to my clients asking me why I'm why I'm doing certain things with their diets or their training. Like that, I want you guys to know that. I and that's very important to me. That's how I learned about my body and. You know how I've helped clients grow is because I acknowledge is power. You know, so you want to know that, so you're not just doing it day in and day out for no reason. Because when you know why you're doing something, um, then you're going to stick to it more. And that's you know ultimately, like if someone tells you, "Oh, go and have good fats," well, okay, I don't know why. Why should I? You know, then now that we told you, you're going to want to go have some. So, (laughs) you know, it's just always going to make the the process a lot easier. Yeah. Well, and that's what I always love, too, with um, competing on the same team as you. I mean, I remember you sharing a lot of stuff about the whys. And that's, you know, that really, it it does, it makes it, it doesn't come down to willpower then. It's just, no, this is my choice. Making the choice is so much easier than relying on willpower. So that's really awesome that you leave your, your communication 
conversations open to your clients and they can ask you questions along the way like why do you want me to have my fat at this time or or you know whichever mm-hmm. specifics um that you have you've given them um and then i guess the other thing too would be um so now somebody's been listening to this and they go, oh, you know what? I've always kind of wanted to do this fitness competition thing. What would be their next steps? And obviously I'm directing them to you because I think you're yeah. the best fitness coach out <laughs> so, there. So, I mean, I always tell people, whether it's me or not, you have to research your coaches, research the coaching styles. So if what I'm telling you that, you know, I don't want you taking fat burners and I, I don't rely you, um, I'm not going to have you go do a um, million hours of cardio and <laughs> if that yeah. sounds appealing to you then I'm for you right so you know <laughs> I mean basically you have to research your coach research what they've done not just for themselves but for other clients so you know you can have a competitor that's won a million awards as a pro but have they dieted you know a bunch of different body types and and needs um and have they gotten people ready and and succeeded post-show um because that's a big aspect oh i didn't even touch on but you know my clients uh, work with me post-show yeah so (laughs) coming out of a show um making sure that you're you know backing out of a show kind of the way you came in because yes sometimes you do have carb rotations and whatnot um as you get closer to the show in order to to shred that extra uh last couple you know, pounds of fat or whatever. But you have to come out of the show not just going and eating cake and not doing any more lifting and, and, you know, backing off your cardio if you had a good amount uh, completely. So you kind of, I do help you, you know, how you make your cardio fun, but you still have to get it in this week. Uh, (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) what are you allowed as far as the reverse diet goes? So, you know, you absolutely can go have a couple of treats and, and, um, you know, things that you haven't had in the past few weeks, but, you know, should you go and just totally binge? No, because that's, that's never the goal, right? So, um, I want to help you make this a lifestyle and come out of it the same way uh, that you went in, nice and healthy. So knowing that that's available to you, um, so it is available with me, but the other coaches offer a reverse diet program um, that will help you and then back off your training to where it needs to be for another build phase or whatever your next goal is. Um, You know, I've had clients that are competing this season, but then next season they're not and they want to run a marathon. Well, you know what? I totally have to change your training. Are we still going to keep muscle on? Yes, we're really aiming for that because she does want to compete again, um, but just not next season. So, you know, her training has to be different right now, and so does her nutrition. So, you know, helping her with that goal. Um, so that, that's really important. And then, obviously, looking at shows that are in your area or if you're looking to travel, is there a federation that you like? Um, so when I talk about federations, there's the Fitness America Federation, there's the WDFF, there's the NTC, there's the OCB. There's a ton of federations out there. So kind of looking and seeing what's in your area because um, you really probably want to do like a local show for your first show. Um, and then knowing what division you like, what is the look that you like? Again, not comparing yourself to someone, but do you like a more muscular look? Do you like a more, you know, um, attainable, just uh, pageanty look? So kind of knowing that. Uh, so then when you go to a coach and you say, this is what I'm interested in, they can help guide you. And I do help my clients figure that out if you're not sure at all. Because, um, you know, I have clients that are, you know, over 45 years old, and some federations don't even have that division. 
So I'm going to obviously put them in a show that is going to be beneficial to them rather than competing in an open category. So, you know, that's something that coaches should be able to, and myself, um, will be able to tell you and guide you um, what what federation, what division you should do, time frames and all of that. Um, so looking at the shows, though, to kind of have an idea is helpful. And then, you know, I also help as a coach under my programming. I do help you pick a show, but also, you know, the suits and the theme wear. If you have a theme wear, um, I help set you up with the designers. I help teach you all about the tanning and that whole process, which can be a process. It <laughs> and, is. And, uh, you know, where <laughs> to get the heels, because you do have to wear heels. Some of them are clear, some of them aren't. So there's all different guidelines per federation, but that's the first thing to do is kind of know what show you're want, you want to aim for and then go from there and back it out. And, and a good coach will be able to help you with all of those aspects, not just diet and nutrition. That's great. And thank you so much for mentioning all of these things because I think, um, you know, when I first started, I gave myself a very long timeline to get ready for my first competition because I had heard somebody give an interview similar to yours and I thought, wow, there's all these things that go into this. And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you don't, you don't want to be stressed when you add stress to something like this, it does not make for a good situation. Um, you know, you don't, first of all, cortisol makes you hold on to body fat, but, um, (laughs) but you know, you want this to be a fun process and you don't want to be stressing over, oh my gosh, the designer did not get my suit to me, am I going to be able to compete? Because you've just dieted and trained for all of these um, all of these weeks leading up to this event. So I, I personally, thank you so much for mentioning that. I personally think it's great Absolutely. to get all the logistics, you know, get those logistics taken care of earlier in the game. Um, I know when I was coaching and, and I would get emails towards the end where people didn't have their suit, like I had anxiety. I was like, whoa, what, what do you mm-hmm. mean? Um, so, you know, take care of those things in advance. Um, and that's awesome that you offer all of these services because I think a lot of people just, you know, it's when you're new to it you just don't know what what goes into it and if you come from a background like myself where I did a bunch of cardio stuff I mean you know signing up for a race like do I have my running shoes do I have clothes that I can run in all right I'm good to go <laughs> you know this isn't the same right. it's not the same at all so it's it's really yeah, fun in that planning but yeah it can be a lot more yeah so <laughs> there is a lot there is there is a lot involved with it and that's why too like when someone comes in and they say okay I want to do a show in three months not only might it not be ready, you know, good for them to try to rush it, the process of getting ready, yeah. but it, it is all these other things. And posing is huge. I mean, your presentation on stage, if you have the best body and you can't present it, um, is another aspect that is going to, you know, you're not going to get to the top spots where you want. Um, and, you know, you want to get pictures back from these shows and be like, oh, my gosh, I did everything I was supposed to do. I looked awesome. I presented myself awesome. I felt confident up there. So, you know, that's ultimately what you what you want out of this. So posing is a big aspect, too. So I do offer that either Skype um, if you're not local to me or in my facility, I do have a closing studio. So, um, you know, I have clients that will come in and I will be having a seminar in January for some of you that might be interested in coming in. Oh, awesome. um, you know, it's open to anyone. Um, it's not just for local people, but anyone interested in competition, you don't have to compete right away. It's just, a big informational weekend. So if that's something you're looking towards, I'll, we'll also put that in the notes section, but that's going to be um, January 24th, 25th weekend. Um, so, you know, that's that's something to kind of 
look at on your calendar if you're thinking of um, competing next year sometime. That's um, awesome. And then, you know, I do have a team support. So uh, my team itself is, is nationwide, and we have an online Facebook group that's private, so only the people on the team will see um, all that information. And there's information posted there all the time. So motivation, um, people post everything from Flex Friday photos to the food they're eating <laughs> and <laughs> recipes. Fun. So it's really helpful. But also on that, um, I do have all the information for you guys as far as the shows that are coming up and, and all of that. So you do have access to a whole list of of the shows and the divisions and what you need for each division and all of that on there too. So um, that is really helpful. Um, so yeah. Oh, I'm great. I'm I'm really excited to hear that you are having a camp, and that's that's really how I started too. I did hear um, a coach talk about the stuff in person, and and you get to connect with because at, at your camp, I'm sure you're going to have. Um, veteran competitors you're going to have people who had just competed other people who are considering it and it's really cool like I met some of my friends back in like 2007 um you know now it's 2014 that I've had uh over the years that I met at these fitness camps so that's really great and then they can ask you these questions one-on-one and get to talk to you and and then if they're using you virtually then you guys already have that connection you know each other absolutely met each other that's really awesome oh that's really really exciting well thank Thank you. And, and we will put all of this information in the show notes. Um, we'll have Body Ambition's um, physical address and their website. So you can check out and see which classes um, they offer and Janelle's email address. So you can contact her if you're interested. Um, gosh, this mm-hmm. was just this was really great. Thank you so much. It's it's really cool to be able Thank to you. reconnect with you like this and um and really to share everything that you're doing because I love your coaching philosophy. Um this sport can be really amazing or it can totally take over your life and not be so amazing. So mm-hmm. right, I think the exactly. coach makes a huge longevity, longevity. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me, Steph. And if any of you have um questions or want to email me, my email is also on Bob bodyambition.com so you can find me there and we are on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at Body Ambition Fitness as well so um, I really look forward to uh, helping some of you that are interested in it and of course if you have more questions in the meantime shoot me an email Um, but Stephanie thank you so much for having me this was awesome and and I'm glad that together we can make people healthier and happier overall no matter what their goals are Yay! Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to tonight's radio program for Stop Chasing Skinny Radio Show, um, where I share all of my little fitness adventures and how I've really pieced together my whole fit life. So thank you so much. Have a great one. One